Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we are going to be looking at Succession Season 4. We're going to be doing a really deep analysis of Episode 1. Um, I promise I'm not going to spoil anything further in the season beyond Episode 1, but if you have not yet watched Episode 1, make sure to do it before you listen to this podcast because you're going to get so much more out of the experience. This is actually my fourth podcast on succession, and there's a reason for that. There is so much you can learn from this show as a screenwriter, as a TV writer, as any kind of writer, because the writing is just so extraordinary. We've broken down the engine of succession and how it actually relates to the engine of some very different shows like Arrested Development and Gilligan's Island. We've talked about the use of subtext in succession. We've done a really deep scene analysis of the subtext, and we've talked about how to build engines for additional seasons of the same show in succession in three different podcasts. And so if you haven't listened to those, you might want to check them out. Um, But today we're going to be talking about something bigger. Yes, we're going to talk about Engine and how episode one of Succession season four relates to episode one of Succession season one, two, and three. We're going to talk about how that engine gets replicated now for a fourth time. Um, But we're also going to be talking about the difference between plot and structure, which is one of the most foundational concepts that you can learn as a screenwriter. So what is the difference between plot and structure? These terms are actually, they tend to be used really interchangeably as if they are the same thing. Um, But I'd like to suggest to you that these are actually very different. Uh, And and an interesting thing happens, you know, usually when screenwriters come to me, whether they're coming from a masterclass or ProTrack or or even our beginning classes, right? They they come generally with a problem, right? and, and those problems tend to fit into two different categories, right? You get the writers who come and say, hey, hey, Jake, you know, I'm so good at character, um, but I, I suck at structure. And then you get uh, the other group of screenwriters and they, they go, you know, Jake, I, I'm, I'm so good at structure, but I, I really suck at character. Um, and what I generally tell these students is, you might be the rare exception, but usually both of these students are wrong. Structure and character are inextricably tied together. You, you cannot build structure without character, and you cannot build character without structure. Uh, and the reason for that is psychological, right? We are what we do. We are the choices that we make. That's what makes you a character. That's what makes you someone to root for. You are the choices you make in relation to the things that you want and the obstacles you face. And you are the unique way that you make those choices, right? That's who you are. And it is actually choice that gives structure to your life in the same way it's choice that gives structure to your character's life. Structure is just the process by which we change or fail to change, by which we break our patterns or which by which we repeat our patterns, by which we go on a journey or by which we refuse to go on a journey, which, by the way, is its own journey. Structure at its simplest level 
is I want this. As soon as you decide you want something, it becomes hard to get because that's the way the world works. Or you get it and it comes with unexpected consequences, which make your life hard, right? This is, this is not screenwriting. This is life. The moment you decide that something matters to you, there will be challenges that will come up. And as those challenges come up, you will be forced to make choices. And those choices will be beautiful and devastating and gorgeous and problematic and brave and cowardly and a whole mix of different things, right? And it's those choices that will actually end up revealing what I call the how of the character, how you are not a fixed how. None of us have fixed hows. We change, right? But how we are right now, how we are choosing to be, how we are choosing to show up or how we are failing to show up or how we are failing to step into the full who we are. That's structure. Uh, and structure in screenwriting and TV writing is no different than structure in life. If you decide what you want and you start making choices towards that, it doesn't even matter whether you get it or not. The choices build the structure. Um, and this is why structure and character, you can't be good at character if you're not good at structure because who the hell is your character if they're not making choices and going on a journey? They are actually not a character. Uh, so most people who think that they're good at character, what they're actually good at, um, they tend to be auditory learners. They tend to have very good ears, right? So they tend to be good at, at dialogue. Um, and they think that dialogue is character, but dialogue is not character. Dialogue is just an aspect of character, right? Dialogue is just one way that a character tries to get their needs met. Just one way that they reveal themselves, just one way that they change, just one way that they make choices. Um, and if you happen to have that gift of dialogue, congratulations. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful gift. Say thank you to the screenwriting gods. But that doesn't actually mean you're great at character because you cannot get great at character until you can take your character on a journey that reveals who and how they really are. Uh, until you can force them to make choices until you can torture them, until you can start to reveal the real how, not the how that they think they are, or even that you think they are, but the real how that lays underneath. Uh, just like you can't get to know yourself until you make some choices. You can't really know who you are until you face some obstacles. The same thing is true for your character. Um, the students who tend to think that they're good at structure, they tend to actually be good at as pl is plot. Um, and there's nothing wrong with plot. If you, again, if you have that gift, if you're really good at making up fun things to happen in your script, well, that's a wonderful gift. Say thank you, screenwriting gods. I appreciate that wonderful gift, right? I appreciate the gift that you gave me of making things up, making up events. And that's a wonderful gift. And guess what? It has absolutely nothing to do with structure. Plot is just the crap that happens to happen. It's the crap that happens to happen in your movie or your TV show. And it's the crap that happens to happen in your life. And structure is the choices that you make in relation to the crap that happens to happen. In your screenplay, it's the choices your characters make. And in your life, it's the choices that you make. And the truth is you can't control the crap and it's all crap, right? Um, the characters in succession 
have all been given the crap, right, of more money than they even know what to do with. In in the first episode of season four, the three kids, they only have, what, four or five mil billion dollars among themselves, right? Connor, he can spend a hundred million dollars just to hold on to a 1% interest in him as president, right? And still be rich. They have inherited the crap of that, the crap that a lot of us would wish for, right? Of having that kind of money, right? They can live anywhere. They can do anything. And yet the choices that they make out of that crap mostly destroy their lives, mostly build misery for them, mostly make us want to cry for them and also disdain them. The plot of their lives is that they happen to have been born to a really rich dad who gave them all a bunch of shares of a really powerful company. It's a plot. The structure that we've been watching now for four seasons is for that to never be enough of them always wanting more, right? Of them betraying their father and each other in pursuit of more, in pursuit of more control. And that's true for Logan, too. He's got everything, right? The plot of his life is he's got everything. And as we're seeing in season four, the structure is that he is the most alone man in the world. His best bud is his driver slash security guard. He is a man whose plot seems to suggest a great life, but whose choices have left him the most alone billionaire in the world. Similarly, these characters have some, had some bad plot that happened to them, right? All three of the main children, if we, if we actually four, if we include Connor, right? All of these children have the plot of a father who cannot love them, who can only love his company. All four of them have that plot. And all four of them have made different choices in relation to that plot. And this is where we meet them at the beginning of episode one of season four of Succession. The children have all come together, with the exception of Connor, who's still trying to please dad and trying to be president. The, the children have all come together, and they are going to build their own company. Right now, this is again a repetition of the engine. The beginning of every season, Kendall, Shiv, and Roman are going to play this same game. Right? Usually, it's about taking over dad's company. Um, who is supposed to be in charge? Do the three of us come together and combat dad? Or do the three of us compete to decide who's going to be in charge? And this time, it looks like they're actually going to do it. Right, they're they're actually going to make their own company uh, to rival Dad's company, and sure, they're being themselves about it. By which I mean they're being horrible, but they are literally just repeating the pattern we've seen in every season, which is: Do we all stand up to Dad? Who's going to be in charge? And this time, it looks like maybe they're all going to be in charge. Now, there's another thing that's happened. Right, they've also made decisions over four seasons now about how they're going to deal with a dad who doesn't love them. Kendall's 
uh, begins in season one going, I am going to prove myself to dad by taking over the company. And he moves all the way to, I am going to destroy dad. Roman, when we meet him at the beginning of season one is saying the company is a cage for me. I don't even want it, right? He's rejected everything about it, but then he's gotten sucked back into the desire to be in charge. And Shiv's built a whole career in politics and a life with Tom. She's tried to build a different life and she's gotten sucked back into it. So the, the structure and then Connor is off, you know, falling in love with his prostitute future wife and living in a kind of dreamland away from the conflict, trying to not piss off anyone. And he's never going to stand up to dad, right? And so these are the choices that we've seen all of them make every season, right? Um, similarly, season one starts with dad's birthday. You know what season four starts with? Dad's birthday. And we're able to appreciate some of the changes, right? In season one, all the kids are there for dad's birthday even though dad hates birthdays and it's so awful and all they're doing is playing power games. In season four, only Connor's there. All the other kids are not there for dad's birthday. But you know what's happening? Actually the same thing. A bunch of power games, right? A bunch of power games about the company. It's just that this year, the power games are different. Power games are about creating our own company three of us. So the plot of episode one, season four of succession, the plot, if we just boil it down is actually kind of fantastically boring. If I told you we're going to make an episode and the majority of what happens is just going to be people bidding on a fictional company, right? Well, it's not really, it's not fictional to them, but it's fictional to us. We know it's not a company and we know it's not real money, right? It's not our money when they're bidding billions of dollars, right? We're not actually invested in the money. And basically what we're going to watch is a business negotiation over the course of the whole episode. We're going to watch Logan bid for his arch rival Nan's company for Pierce, and it's his way of finally landing the plane, right? For the last couple seasons, because of the choices his kids have made and the pressure that they've put on him, his company's Waystar has been in trouble, right? And it seemed at the end of the previous season that it was all he was going to lose everything. But now he's found a way to land the plane by buying Nan's company. It's a plot. And Nan hates him, but Nan likes money more than she hates him. She's going to sell. Similarly, we meet the kids and they're going to negotiate with some investors on their own company. Except they find out that dad is going to buy Pierce. And then they suddenly pivot. And here's where we start to get to structure. Um, Roman basically puts it best. He says to Shiv, you want to punish Tom. She wants to punish Tom because at the end of season three, Tom betrayed her. Tom betrayed her to her father, just as she was actually joining up with her siblings to actually take control of the company, just as it actually was going to happen. The thing they've been trying to do for three years, Tom betrayed her. He told Logan and 
he destroyed her opportunity. And Roman says, you want to punish Tom. And he looks at Kendall and he says, Kendall, you, you want to punish dad. And that's true. Since season one, Kendall's been trying to find a way to get back at dad. He says, I'm the only one here who actually wants to start a business. And that's also true. This is the difference between plot and structure. The plot is ridiculously freaking boring. The plot is a bunch of people bidding on a business. That's mostly what happens. The structure is you want to punish dad. You want to punish Tom. I want to build a business, but maybe I want something more than that. That's the structure that's happening. When we look at the plot of the birthday party, right? The plot is Greg shows up with a date that is considered inappropriate. And then has sex with his date in one of the empty rooms, which is fine. It's not incredible plot. The structure, <laughs> uh, structure are the games that Tom is playing with Greg about that date. If you know the series well, you'll also recognize that this is a repetition of the engine, right? This is what happens. If you look at the pilot of the whole show, episode one, season one, you'll notice that Tom is at the birthday party trying to protect himself and please his future father-in-law. And that Logan freaking hates him, thinks he's below his daughter. And Tom is trying to protect himself and to get a higher position. Shiv is helping him, right? They're trying to get him the position in cruises. That's season one. And shit flows downhill onto Tom. And because shit flows downhill onto Tom, Tom takes it out with little complicated power games with Greg. Well, in season four, episode one, the same damn thing is happening. This time, Tom is trying to figure out, he's trying to get Logan's approval, and he's trying to figure out what happens to me if Shiv and I divorce Now, there's something more complicated going on structurally, right? So the whole, the whole plot begins, right? The whole shift for the kids begins when, uh, when Tom calls Shiv and tells her that he just wants her to know that nothing was happening, but that he was seen with Nan Pierce's daughter, you know, the girl who used to date Kendall. He just wants her to know that he was seen with her. And it seems like he's trying to protect something in their relationship, or is he trying to fuck with her? Is he trying to fuck with her mind because maybe he's sleeping with her? Is that what he's suggesting? It seems like there's a complicated game going on, but there's a, another possibility, which is that he knows how smart Shiv is. And he knows that she is going to figure out if he's meeting with someone from Pierce, maybe something's going on and maybe Logan is big. So it's possible. We don't know yet, 
But it's possible that what Tom is actually doing is the reverse of what he did at the end of the previous season. That this time he's tipping off Shiv because there's a part of him that still loves her. It's also possible that he's not fully aware of that choice, but there's a complicated game going on. So the plot is a phone call. The structure is I want my wife back. No, I also want my position with Logan and a character doing something that complicates both sides of the equation. The plot is the crap that happens to happen. The structure is what the character wants, what the character needs, what the choices are and the unique ways that they try to do it that's different from anyone else. So that's not gone very well for Tom. Uh, she doesn't seem particularly appreciative. And uh, now he's trying to figure out what's happening what's going to happen if he gets divorced with Logan, but it's also possible that he's trying to create a little bit of a smoke screen, right? Since he seems so worried about divorce, he doesn't want Logan to look at him and go, were you the one who tipped them off? So there's something very complicated happening that, that we don't even fully understand. Um, and like any conversation with Logan, Tom gets nothing that he wanted. He wants to know if we're good. Logan says, we're good if we're good. What do you make of that? Nothing, because Logan never gives anything that's needed. He never gives anybody anything they need. And just like in the pilot of Succession, in episode one of season four, shit flows downhill from Tom to Greg. And, Gre and Tom is having a wonderful time torturing Greg about how everyone's talking about his girlfriend, about how uncomfortable he should feel, about the risks he's taking. Um, and when, when uh, Greg reveals that he had sex with his girlfriend in one of the rooms, he has a wonderful time torturing him about how Logan watches every video and he better come clean to Logan. Now, this is also wonderful, right? This is a repetition of the engine. In season one, it is... Uh, it is in season one, it is Greg who gets harassed by security, by, by Logan's pal when he shows up and Logan doesn't recognize him. In season four, episode one, it's his date that Logan goes, who the hell is that? And it's his date who eventually is going to get harassed and kicked out by security. And just like in season one, in season one, at the worst possible time, as everything is blowing up emotionally from Logan, Greg is going to make, to beg for a job at the company. He's going to make the completely inappropriate faux pas and try to get the, the attention of terrifying Logan. And in season four, episode one, he's going to do the same thing, except this time it is about, uh, uh, I had sex with my girlfriend in one of your rooms. It's coming clean about that. That is the awkward thing. It's a repetition of the engine. And it's plot. Plot is that Greg confesses to have had sex. <laughs> structure. The structure is Tom tries to get reassurance from Logan. 
The reassurance doesn't work. The shit flows downhill. He tortures Greg until Greg does something really fucking stupid. The structure is the relationships and the choices about what the characters want. And just like every season, Greg wants to move up. And ultimately, the structure is Greg chooses to let his girl get kicked out of the place because it's more important for him to get the job. Plot and structure. Okay. So the plot is boring. Plot is a bunch of negotiations, a birthday party, and a faux pas about a bag and having sex in a room. The structure is fascinating because we're watching these characters make choices that are so painful. Just like in the pilot, season one, episode one, Logan hates birthday parties. He hates this birthday party just like he hated the surprise party. He wants to control everything. And again, this is the engine being repeated, just like in the, in the pilot of, of season one, it's Marsha who is trying to protect him emotionally. In season Four, Marsha's gone, as they say, she's permanently shopping. He's lost her. But there's a new Marsha. It's Carrie, his assistant slash lover. In again, this is the repetition of the engine. In season one, Roman is making a bunch of sex jokes about how Marsha's got uh, Logan in her clutches. In season four, episode one, Roman's making a bunch of sex jokes about how Carrie's got Logan in her clutches. This is a repetition of the engine. The plot is Carrie calls the kids and asks them to call their father, which is fine, but relatively boring. The structure, the structure is that Carrie wants to protect a man who cannot admit he needs his kids, who cannot admit he is the most alone man in the world. The structure is that she cares about him and she tries to protect him in ways he can't protect himself emotionally. In season one, there's a whole negotiation about the contract that dad wants them to sign and that's the devastating thing that hurts Logan. In season four, episode one, the negotiation is about whether or not they will call him on his birthday. The plot is a phone call. The structure are the painful emotional choices these characters are making that lead to everybody getting hurt. We had a really beautiful scene between Colin, the security guard, and Logan. The plot, the plot is... Logan leaves his party and has meal with Colin at a diner. The structure is having lost his children. Logan tries to connect with the only person he feels he has left, Colin, his driver. You're my best bud, he tells him. He's sharing the emotion what he wants is for his children to be there and to love him. What he needs is love. The choice he makes, he can't call his kids. So instead, he tries to get love from Colin. 
the truth is he can't even get love from Colin. And this leads to one of this really gorgeous little monologue about like, what is a person? A person is a financial unit. The plot is a little monologue about people as financial units, which is highly disturbing. The structure is that Logan dismisses his own need for love by recategorizing people by which he really means his children as economic units, right? Um, the plot and the structure are different. The plot is a dinner. The structure is a guy who desperately wants his kids, who cannot do the thing that he needs to do to have his need met, just, just to call them and tell them I love them. The structure is that he tries to get the love that he wants from his kids, from his freaking security guard. And that's what makes it so heartbreaking. And when he fails to do that, the structure is that he protects himself by reminding himself that everyone is just an economic unit. They are not real. None of this matters. In the pilot of season one, of course, everyone's manipulating for the company. They're manipulating over shares. They're manipulating over who's going to be in charge. In season four, they're manipulating to destroy the company, to take over dad's idea since they can't take the company, to take over his landing strip. And what's so wonderful is Nan, who comes from the liberal side, right? She's he's Fox News. She's maybe MSNBC. But Nan is just as terrible as they are. In in season one, you probably remember Kendall desperately wants to buy a company called Valter, which kind of like Nan's company, why it's important, why it matters, why doesn't matter, right? It's just plot. It's just the company. And he's dealing with a guy who despises him. And he's negotiating against himself. In season four, episode one, we watch the same game. It's a wonderful experience because we know that, that Logan has offered $6 billion for this company, but the kids don't. The kids come in and they offer $8.5 billion. And Nan is aware that none of this is about the value of the company. All of this is about Logan and the children trying to hurt each other. And so she plays them while going, oh, it's just so uncomfortable being in such a bidding war. She plays them. Instead of going, yes, I'll take your $8.5 billion offer, which is $2.5 billion more than your father's. She plays them. And what's really interesting, Logan is really good at his job and the kids are not. And the kids just spend the whole episode negotiating against themselves until they finally buy the company for $10 billion when they could have gotten an 8.5 because dad never came above six. And they leave feeling great because they defeated their father. And we know that they really negotiated against themselves because none of this was ever about money or the value of the company. Just like Walter, they just hurt themselves just like Kendall did in season one. And that none of this was ever about the company. It's all about dad. The plot 
is a company is purchased for $10 billion, which is probably very interesting if you are listening to a show about stocks, but not particularly high drama as we think about the structure of TV shows. But the structure is kids who don't know what they're doing, negotiating it out of, against themselves just to hurt dad, being played by somebody who is smarter than them until they've overpaid for her asset, right? Um, feeling good about a business mistake. That's the structure. There's one more piece I need to talk about in uh, episode one of season four, which of, co of course is that incredible final scene between Tom and Shiv. If you remember, we talked about from season three, Tom, after taking three seasons of shit, from Shiv. Three seasons of her playing with his genuine love for her. Three seasons of her hurting him and trying to show him that she doesn't love him and that he needs her anyway. After three seasons of this, at the end of season three, he betrays her. But what we're seeing in the episode one of season four is he still loves her. Actually, his one want that he's not admitting to himself is he wants her back. And in fact, even his betrayal is just an attempt to make his wife love him. The structure is so much more interesting than the plot. And we have this incredible scene between the two of them. When we know all Shiv wants is Tom back. And all Tom wants is Shiv back. And Everything Tom has done is building towards this conversation. And we get this incredibly powerful scene where the conversation doesn't happen. The plot is Shiv and Tom break up. The structure is two people who desperately love each other cannot say the words that they need to say to each other that could actually bring them back together. And it is so devastating to watch. This is one of the things that makes succession work. We kind of have the God's eye view. We can understand the character psychology in ways that they don't. We are watching these characters abreact to their own pain, right? Their own psychology. We are watching these characters overcompensate for their real feelings and make insane choices based on a psychology that they are not fully cognizant of inside of themselves. This is what makes succession so powerful. It's not the plot. It's the structure. The plot of succession, as we've talked about now for multiple podcasts, is just a repetition of the same engine again and again and again and again with a little bit of different variation. But the structure is the choices that these people make, these people who have this incredibly powerful need for love that is driving them and the choices they make that consistently make that love or even that peace impossible. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you want to learn more about succession, about engine, about structure, come study with me. I have 
so many wonderful classes from foundation classes and screenwriting and TV writing to our ProTrack mentorship program that pairs you one-on-one with a professional writer to my master class where we teach at the grad school level at the tiniest fraction of the cost of grad school. Everything's online. It's a ton of fun. So come check it out. WriteYourScreenplay.com.